Welcome to the No Sleep Till Don't Sleep podcast. I'm Tony. I'm Garrett. And uh, who who are we who are we talking to today? Who are we who are we got on this this guy? Uh, a couple guys. Uh huh. Dro. Pedro. James. James. Two guys who both played in a bunch of bands. Uh, both played in River City High. They play in Fun Size together. Who were on Field by Ramen. Um, Pedro plays in Amberetta. They have some new bands, Shot Clock and Lawn Arms. And James plays in Higley with right. Bill Stevenson, which that's pretty crazy. Yeah, we get into that. That's really crazy. And they're both um, they're both in Richmond, and they helped us uh, record vocals for the record. Well, Pedro did at as a studio called Audio Verite. Audio Verite, right? <laughs> Sorry, I almost said sound verite, but it's audio verite. And we used his studio for vocals because um, Dave lives relatively close to Richmond, so it was convenient to do that. But he it ended up being more than... Just, he wasn't just an engineer. I mean, he really produced a, a lot of the vocal, most of the vocals really on mm-hmm. the record um, and really helped Dave um, Dave's performance a lot, I think. And then they also contributed to some of the background backing vocals on the record yeah which was awesome which was awesome yeah so a lot of the harmonies on the record are those guys and they basically just locked themselves in a studio yeah and did it and it was kind of i mean this isn't a diss or anything it was kind of unsolicited like they just (laughs) they because they had all the you know all the the files and they had basically the finished songs they just yeah they i think they probably bought a couple six packs and locked themselves in the studio (laughs) and they just sent they sent all these harmonies back and I don't, but they were awesome. So we were psyched when they came back. Yeah. Yeah. I think we weren't really sure what to do at first, but yeah, they were amazing. They were just "Ah," like, yeah, you could use these or not use them. them. We did. Yeah. So, um, we had a great talk with them. They're great guys. And, um, so, so glad they helped us on the record. And, uh, this is a little strange because this is the first little, um, kind of wrap up or intro, and you know to to any of these episodes that we've done since the record came out that's right some of our predictions didn't come through as expected we we did in the last one predict that we'd be living in the south of france Mm. by now Mm. and be multi-platinum artists but sadly that has not happened yeah it was only single platinum so that instead we're living in let down instead we live in south central pennsylvania Mm -hmm. instead of the south of france yeah so um who knows you know maybe maybe uh next record it'll take off but yeah, you know, well, you know, now that the podcast has a few more followers too, that maybe that'll yeah. help. Maybe this is the second career that will. Yeah, thanks guys. Take off if you all don donate a million dollars. If every one of our <laughs> listeners donates a million dollars, but well, so so we can reflect a little bit right now. What are what are some of your since the record is now out? Mm-hmm. And it's been out for a, a, several weeks. What are some of the reflections you have on on it or the the response or you know sort of the the, the um the reaction to the record um i mean i feel like i've definitely been overwhelmed with the response um you know very appreciative of all the kind words people have had and and watching people post pictures on instagram and facebook uh, of the record and the merch and everything has been awesome so i'm very appreciative of that um it's cool just to have it out too just after this process that we've talked about, you know, through this podcast, just how long, um, it took really to come out. Uh, you know, it's just nice to have 
a physical copy and to say, look, it, it's a real thing now. I've been pretty excited about that. How about you? Yeah, I think it's a weird time for a record to come out. I think, you know, probably the, the, the smart sort of industry business decision to make when you put out a record is to wait until you can actually go out and play and promote it not put out a record in the middle of a pandemic. But <laughs> I just read an interview Dave did last week where he talked about this is actually a it's a cool time to put a record out because in a lot of ways I know I'm looking for I think we're all looking for ways to connect more and if if you know um if this I feel more connected to more people because of this record I know because you know people have been super positive and the response has been really cool and you know obviously social media allows you to interact a lot more with people and so i think that this is a nice time to put a record out um wish we could be out playing and i know we will as soon as we're able to we, we will you know we'll be first in line but um i think that that's sort of one uh reflection i have the other thing i'll say is doing this podcast has been a i mean i maybe we wouldn't do this podcast if we were able to tour yeah you know so that's probably accurate so yeah. this is like doing something this is sort of a way for us to promote the record and so i'm glad we have this opportunity i want to thank you tony because oh, thank you. tony's done i just literally show up at his house and you know talk for an hour and then i leave but tony's the one who really you've done so much work you edit out you edit all these episodes which i don't have the capacity to do and i know <laughs> you always remind me how much work you put into them but but we we wouldn't be able to do this podcast if it weren't for you. And frankly, we wouldn't be able to do Don't Sleep if it weren't for you because you do so much of the work behind oh, the thanks, scenes in the band and you do all the social media stuff and you you know, you scheduled most of the most of the studio and the recording. Oh and geez. Everything like that. You've done most of it. So thank you, Tony, officially. So thank you. Thank you for saying that. That is nice to hear. And as opposed I, to being yelled at sometimes. No, no, it happens. You know, in addition to being a great guitarist, you're great and well, thank you, band conductor. Thank you very much. Thank and the you. one thing I also wanted to mention is, um, I can't believe I listened. I listened to back to our entire interview of your brother Chris, and we didn't even mention the fact that he's the art director for the hard times. I know that seems like the lowest hanging fruit. And we I didn't even know. talk about it. No, we didn't even burn it up once. Which is probably the thing, you know, the most, I'd say like famous thing that he's involved with, you know, he's been in some, right. obviously some really popular hardcore bands, but the hard times is like, you know, extremely, extremely universally popular. And we forgot to mention that we like did not most even of the photos that you see on the hard times <laughs> are his photos. Yeah. Yeah. We did not, we did not even think, about bringing that up no and he's so humble that he didn't even bring it up yeah which he could have easily just wouldn't even been a flex he could have just like right. happened to mention it in passing because we were talking about his photography but mm -hmm. you know that's a credit to him that he's so uh, right right well so i mean you know we're not what you'd call professional podcasters in air quotes you know i, I feel like you know we people could give us some slack we're you know what five episodes into this whole thing and yeah you know well professional would also i mean a qualifier qualifier to be professionals you have to be paid to do it also so true I and that is definitely not you know, i'm not complaining it's just no one <laughs> no one's gonna pay to listen to this right. Thing. right i don't even you know most legit podcasts actually have sponsors we don't even we don't have a sponsor no do we no the no. letter k we're sponsored by the letter k sure yeah. And the number three. The letter of the day. <laughs> yeah.
But uh, I don't know. I think we're our chops are, you know, we're making some improvement. So here's another question: mm-hmm. Is this the last episode? It, it might. It might be. It might be. I don't know. We'll see if something giant comes along. Then you know we might throw out another episode at some point. But uh, yeah. Hey, there's no rules here. This there's is no, this is loose. No. As I just said, we are very unprofessional. Yes. So there's no, you know, put out an episode in December if we want for some reason. I would say this is the only thing I'll put out there. I have a white whale. <laughs> I, there is a there is a holy grail that I would like to that I think would really kind of interview. Yeah, uh-huh. I think would really kind of tie a nice you know ribbon on this whole on on this project. I'm not going to say who it is. Some of you, you can use your imagination. Some of you might have an idea. But I think if that, if that opportunity came along, we would do it. Do one more episode. Yeah. What, regardless of when it is. It may yeah. not be next week. It may be, like I said, it could be three months from now. Could but... be. Could be soon. Could be. So I think the only thing I would say is, and this isn't like pandering to, to you guys, the audience, subscribe to this because then once that happened, it may be... In two weeks, it may be in two months. It may be never. Maybe never. Right. But that way you'll know once, uh, once it happens. So yeah, good way to, good way to wrap it up. So, so this may be, bring it back, this may be au revoir. This may be. You know? Yeah. It's goodbye to France, but, and it might be goodbye to the podcast, but uh, yeah. It's been fun. It has been fun. Yeah, it's been really, it's been, it's been cool. You know, I thought it was, we did the, um, we did a little podcast with the Where It Went guys, and I hadn't really thought about this, but one of the, I think it was Javier, one of the guys said, um, they were kind of, you know, they were saying this is an interesting way to promote a record, but they were saying it's it's cool that later, you know, years later, you can kind of go back and it's a, it's sort of an, an interesting kind of log of what went into making this record. So mm-hmm. it, 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 it's allowing us to document the process. I hadn't really looked at it that way, but no. now in hindsight, now it makes us feel like we were smart. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks yeah. a lot, Javier. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. We appreciate yeah. it. Oh, and, and check that out. It's uh if you guys get a chance, I think you have to like join their Patreon, their Patreon to yeah. hear it. It's a bonus episode, but um, check it out and, and support them anyway. Even yeah. If, even Just if you're listen not going to listen to the Where podcast. Yeah. yeah even if you're not going to listen to our bonus episode, definitely support them. And um, it's, that is a great podcast. So uh, yeah. Enjoy. James and Pedro on the No Sleep Till Don't Sleep podcast. See you guys. You no no you look like you look like Billy Joel or something like behind the piano. Look like you're sitting at a piano. With a microphone, like you're just banging out some tunes right now. That's awesome. I wish I could be somebody other than fucking Billy Joel though. <laughs> Billy Idol. There's that fun size piano like, song, right? There is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wish I could that be sounds... Billy Idol. Are you outside? It's, I am outside. Cool. It's so beautiful outside right now, as you know. Um that it was I You I even did the, the uh, you did the drive by records thing outside too. Yeah, you exactly. Yeah, was that was fun too. Oh, I saw yeah, you were what? Like in a hammock or something. Yeah, right? I was in my hammy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so glad you plugged yes. your base in for that, so I could tell people you actually most of yeah, things. Most the the, <laughs> the point of that one was almost the fact that it was like the baseline was it's the simplest baseline ever. Yeah, I was like I could just boring in right? a hammock playing this. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Everyone else got to be featured. And I was just being my doing my thing. It worked out because we had four uh, landscape 
angles and you were the fifth uh in whatever the other one vertical and it was not turned the right way <laughs> but that, that was perfect because uh, when you when we did the editing you could put the four corners and then you in the middle so it actually worked out right all right i felt so stupid like everybody else did everything correct <laughs> and i did not of course we shot we shot a video interview and i was like yo everyone make sure you're shooting your stuff in landscape Make sure you do it. And then I 100% forgot to do it. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like the one guy who didn't do it. I think going forward, we should only do podcasts with people who actually are music producers and have studios and can mm-hmm. figure this audio stuff out even better than us. So Yeah, yeah. good call. It's maybe you guys could keep like be co-hosts with us going forward. Is four people <laughs> hosting a podcast too many? Feels like it I- might be a lot. <laughs> I've never, I've never done one. I've never, um, I've only done one in my life. It was like four hours long. That, that, that yeah, that this was the scene, dude. The, the um, yeah, Jersey one. Right? Uh, Do- uh, Doyle from Lane Meyer. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah. I listened to yeah. that one. Yeah, I me too. Yeah, it was. It could have been four hours. It wasn't. You didn't say my name it? once, James, in that whole thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, it was only. It stopped in uh, the, the the remember that it was like two thousand. It was yeah, it was yeah. ninety six to two thousand two. Right. Right. Yeah. I was like, come um, on. Yeah. So it was like, it was exactly the years of, of, <laughs> I listened to four hours just yet. to see if I'd be mentioned. I went through it all. If it, if it was 2004 on, it would have been like right. no one else. Right. Andreas <laughs> but, but Pedro, maybe that, maybe that's like a, you know, maybe that's to your credit. Maybe there's that, that, that band was like before Pedro and after Pedro. So maybe yeah. that was a clean break. So then yep. the ne- next volume or episode will be about Pedro. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is the second version of Fun Size has been around three times as long as the original one. <laughs> That's, how <it> <laughs> That's how it always is, right? Yeah. yeah the new, the, yeah. That's how we, like, at some point when we were doing some sort of podcast with Dave, we, we realized that he was only in Dagnasty for like six months or something like that. Six, it's like there's, there's no oh, gotcha. time at all. There's no, no time. It was like it really was six months though. I, maybe like he did a record. He did. He, it was it, less than a year. It was, was less than a year. I that is like fucking insane. And I think he did all his vocals in Can I Say in like a day or something like that. And then maybe did like <laughs> one tour or something like that or like yeah, a, yeah. You know, just, just a handful of shows. And then he moved to LA and. All. It's crazy that there's even video of like a couple of the shows. Like they, like that's insane that they, even that survived. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think they did that. They did a tour with the Descendants, which was only like two weeks, and then just like right. a couple of other shows. Yeah. And I think that was it. Yeah, so I was amazing. I was in River City High for seven months and got on MTV. So I was like, cool. I got I got in the right time. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Tell us about uh, so that. Is that everybody else. Seriously. Is that how you guys met? Did you guys meet? It, like when it was River City High, Is I met James hooked up in Fun Size yeah. when he was in Fun Size, originally. Yeah, original. we together. Yeah, yeah, like mid '90s Fun Size yeah. stuff. Okay. When Paige and I met. So like when you and I, yeah, when you and I met. Yeah. 90, yeah. I want to say it, it was be, summer '96 I mean, really or something when I met James. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was probably like the same time we met. It like was '96 right uh, or '97. It, it was a show in Fairfax, actually. It was the at Planet Nova, which kind of like a a douchey rock bar but they had like punk matinees and certain events and it was like a sunday afternoon or something and it was like it was fun size tinkle resurgence algebra one and then and then my band standard issue right yeah so it was total high school show here's a question and i could check this down i have it all written out downstairs do you think that that show was in 
was it in a was it, do you feel summertime vibe for that show Pedro or do you feel like it was in the uh like February uh, kind of colder month? maybe colder because you went to a wedding that day that's why you were late I remember you said that you ah right yeah like yes, the band went up and you, had, you yeah. came up after them or something and I was like oh did you mm. see my band you guys are awesome and you're like no nah, I was at a wedding <laughs> <laughs> and I did the I local band thing I gave I gave Brian a demo hey man here's my tape <laughs> no, wait a second James. but that was literally the first time i'd ever heard of or seen fun size and i was like hooked from there it was so good james was that your your own wedding that was uh ben uh the the ben snake pit um he is a kind of a famous comic book artist now oh, wow. um that was his wedding <laughs> I was gonna say it'd be really punk if you got married and then played a show afterward. Yeah, two hours from your from your hometown. Yeah, yeah, because um, I that so that show so that would have been the tour when we played with 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 Pedro. A couple of days later is when I met you, Tony. So that was oh. the show. That was the show with Algebra One, Waste Rules, Commercials, Fun Size at Classic Rags. There it is. Yeah. Wait, was it Classic Rags? Is that the first show we played with you guys? Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Crazy. Back Wait, in the so, day. So, Pedro, are, are you not from a Richmond, Richmond originally? I'm from, well, I was born in Peru. And I, we moved, when we moved out of Peru, I was, I was a little kid. I was six, I was almost seven years old. I was like a month away. And we moved to L.A. And we lived there for a little bit. But I grew up in, in Northern Virginia, Nova. From like, you know, late '80s until I moved to Richmond uh, in 2001 or 2000, early 2002. It was like January of 2002. But um, yeah, so I grew up in in the Nova scene and connected with the Richmond dudes. You know, shortly around high school because their scene was blowing up, mm-hmm. and uh, there was yeah. some stuff coming out of Nova, but it was mostly hardcore and metal, as everyone knows. And uh, but you know, Richmond was popping. I think or after I played that show with James, we played my that same band played in Richmond at the Biograph Theater. And that's when I like walked around and saw Twisters and saw the flyer. And I was like, oh, my God, all these shows are happening in like a six week span that would never come to D.C. or Nova. Amazing bands, right. too. big shows. So. Maybe D.C., but not Nova. If I would have been if I would have lived in Nova and I would have come to Richmond, then I would have it would have blown my mind too. Yeah. just just a scene. That's my the biggest problem with with a place like Nova is that there is no like, uh, like epicenter. Right. I mean, unless you, unless you go to DC. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's um, a lot of suburbs. So, yeah. It was it like, you know, teen center shows and VFW hall shows. And then DC had like yeah. all these tons of clubs that did shows back in the day, you know, like, mm-hmm. but those were all like bars and dance clubs that did like, you know, matinees. It was all about the matinees. Yeah. So tell us, so, I mean, we, we kind of started a little bit there, but like, tell us sort of about, how you guys got into punk and and some of your first bands and coming up i mean especially like in richmond it sounds like that you know i mean well obviously there was like a huge scene going on between avail and you know all the bands that were coming up in in richmond at that time can you guys each talk a little bit about that yeah i'll let Pedro go first i could talk for days about this (laughs) (laughs) um let's see i my punk story is pretty I remember it pretty well. Like my sister was, uh, you know, the classic story of the older sibling had a significant other that was punk or into a certain kind right. of music. And this guy, to be honest, wasn't punk at all. But he just, he was one of those guys <laughs> that liked everything, like everything. 
Right. Literally everything. Like he would rock Hootie and the Blowfish and then like Minor Threat. I'm not kidding. And and so <laughs> That's a like, big difference. Yeah, absolutely. And so he we were just right. I don't know. There was a period where we would, you know, just I would tag along and he would play random stuff. And I'm pretty sure the first thing he ever played that I was like, Oh, this is kinda cool was no effects. Uh old no effects stuff. And then mm-hmm. um and right around then, like the the Green Days and Rancids were coming up, and I, I like those bands too. So it all kind of came together, and I discovered, you know, the Epitaph Fat Wreck uh, crew, and then, uh, you know, started playing music and and started meeting people that liked music I like. And I was like, oh my god, there's other people that like this stuff. You know, wow. Right. And, and so you're best friends for life. You know, and then, uh, and then, you know, that's sort of how we by playing shows is how I connected with James and the and the Richmond scene. So that's the the short story. And James, how did? Um, I guess the I I learned about punk rock because Alan, the drummer of Fun Size, moved to. Um, he and I grew up together across the street from each other, and he left. And when he came back from Wisconsin, he brought with him his discovery of punk rock, and he and eventually. And so he and I started playing music together, but it was like this thing. I was playing keyboard and he was playing drums. And because I had no idea that I didn't know there were other instruments to play. Um, and and uh, he brought with him like the Descendants and all and from Dagnasty and the Doughboys and Big Jokar, that whole style of, of kind of like Southern California uh, pop punk stuff, you know. It's like mm-hmm. a little bit different than. Is, you know, it's a little different than like the NoFX thing. It was more of, of that other style that was happening. Um, and uh, he brought back that stuff with him. And, you know, we were, we were, we were playing our, our piano drum band. And then Brian, who from Fun Size joined on guitar. And so we had this three piece going, but Brian was already skating and he was listening to Seven Seconds and all those bands too. And eventually they were like, they're like, well, you need to play another instrument besides keyboard. So <laughs> the thing left is bass and you need to start listening to, you know, some other, basically it didn't say you had to start listening to another music, but it was, I was only listening to like Buddy Holly and like fifties rock and roll. And, and then it just, I eventually like I, I got a hold of, of Alan's like, uh, you know, Mala goes to college descendants tape and like, and it just like blew my mind. So I started playing bass around the same time. And um, and it just kind of like took off from there. Also a very truncated version. But um, yeah. But again, it's always the same. It's like there's always like someone older who has, who well, for, for this age, from, you know, for me, that was like, that was 1991, right? So at that time period, there had to be somebody else that could like, you know, influence you. I yeah, because like how else would you find it? Right. There was no other way. Right. You know? I mean, there was, a, and I lived in the suburbs, um, so there was. I wasn't part of like a vibrant cultural city scene, even though it was only like 15 minutes away. I, I had I never seen seen anything like that. And then there's the experience of going to your first show, and seeing somebody with a with a fucking Descendant shirt, and mm. that was like blew my mind. I couldn't believe somebody had a shirt. Like just like things like that, you know, like it just never it never happened. And all that was pre, 
you know, pretty rancid green day blowing up like pre 94. So I'm, I'm really, really, I feel like lucky that I just snuck in there before, you know, like it was like, right. I guess like the same month that nevermind came out is when I started listening to punk rock. So I got in there just before a massive explosion happened. So there was still like, you know, unsown seeds of like punk rock. Yeah. So how did, how did you feel like when you started going to some of those shows in Richmond and started seeing how big it was or was getting in Richmond? It was, when, well, it was, it was still, it, you know, there's only like, a, you know, a hundred people at, at the show still, but, um, but I had never seen a hundred people in the same room that all listened to this, the same music. Like it, I, I had never been in type. So instantly you feel like you're just part of something and it was mesmerizing to me. Um, just, the fact that there that there were like I wanted to be friends with everybody. I was so excited. Right. <laughs> I couldn't believe that it was real. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you could you could you could pay five dollars and hang out in a cl- in a club and hear punk rock bands and like people all around you with shirts of bands that you like. And I just wanted to walk up to them all and be like, "What's your favorite song? My favorite song is this." I just want to talk about it to everyone I saw. <laughs> it was so exciting. Yeah. And that was totally like that time too. when if you saw someone with like a band shirt on, you would go yeah. talk to them. Cause you'd be like, yeah. Oh my gosh, like I'm going to be friends with this person. Cause like they have a minor threat shirt on or they have yeah, you yeah, know, a no effect shirt on or something yeah. like, cause you, nobody had those shirts. So you're right. Like if you saw someone like did, that, you were yeah, like, Oh, we're, we're going to bro down. Yeah. Those poor people that I had to just like annoy. <laughs> Bad for all of them. <laughs> So when did sort of like that, like that Richmond kind of blowing up thing start happening? Was that like after, did that sign it kind of coincide with when Green Day and the Offspring and things started happening? Is that when like I mean, Inquisition so started, and Avail and those right. bands like... Yeah, right. So the, my, my first punk show was an Inquisition show. Um, and um, so after... Um, and they always remain my favorite, my favorite local band. And I guess that w- that was that was like December '93, right? So like that was like, and around it took like you know, sorry, December '92 was my first punk show, and it took like about a year and a half, I think, for everything to really like kind of like avail started getting huge around that, you know, around about a, like a year and a half later, you know. They were the first band to like of, of the punk scene that seemed to like really, really start to tour, um, like nonstop. Mm-hmm. That was the only way, you know. They, they were the first band to get their name out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, they were the a helicopter was, flying overhead. Well, yeah, it was a serious helicopter. Um, That's legit. Yeah, um, they were the first band to really, really tour hard, and and they just got. They got huge and huge, you know, for, at the time was like 400 people at a show. Uh, but it was still massive, you know. Um, I remember that first like 400 person avail show, you know, we were like, this is crazy. Um, this, there's so many people here, you know, and it was like, you know, not really that many. <laughs> well, no, I mean, yeah, you're right though. Like you're, if you, especially if you're going to shows of like 50 to a hundred people, I mean, to all of a sudden yeah. see 400 people. Quadruple. In a room, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's huge. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. And there were, you know, there in the, the, you know, Richmond had always had, had a really good legacy up until that point of, 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 of bands. And they just, they, 
they were all it, it was just before me and i wasn't around for it. So gore had already been around for a while you know i I, I didn't I wasn't really aware of like how strong their their legacy was at the time because they just seemed like to my you know 13 year old self they just seemed like a fun fun crazy band right mm-hmm. so I didn't realize that like, they were all very rooted in the art and punk rock scene because at the time you know when I was 13 I didn't think that gore sounded like um you know like 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 the descendants right they sounded like, they sounded metal to me but I, right. I realized eventually you know that they you know they they'd kind of forged the path and there was that, that band honor roll that super influential everyone loves you know they were they 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 really like also set a lot of things in motion for richmond as well and then there was a hardcore scene and then there was four walls falling and there was a straight edge thing and so they there were all it it it's there was there were always things happening in the town and it was a very it was a cultural epicenter for an art school and whenever that happens and you get a bunch of freaks together in the same small area you're gonna right. get you know a, you're gonna get a good music scene yeah it seems like yeah yeah i mean i think so is i think that's the thing like i think richmond is is definitely known for that like yeah. so what what do you guys think about what it, what's the scene like today and i mean i think i you know you you go through richmond now and it does still seem like definitely like a big art town even with you know things going prices going up and and, you know maybe some more money coming in and things like that it definitely still like you go through richmond and it it has like that art town vibe i think just on a bigger level it's not like some small little college town you know obviously it's like i mean there's still a billion bands in town and before shutdown there were like you know you had to there were there started to be like three or four shows a night again i mean it was just it got crazy you couldn't even go to all the shows um yeah (laughs) that thing um so always you know whether whether it's there's and there are still like a really good amount of richmond bands that just do well everywhere whether whether they may or may not be like punk rock anymore it just it's you know it's just amazing how many bands from richmond seem to do just just fine on a big national level so what is it about that town is is it a city where you know it's it's obviously a big enough town that you have a lot of musicians and artists coming together and, you know, and you have a infrastructure to support, you know, you've got clubs and record stores and you've got, you know, enough of a scene, but is it also a town that's small enough that like people go and check out each other's bands, regardless of whether like you fit into a certain niche or like a certain box. Like when you, t- I think about like, you just named, you know, you named four walls falling and then honor roll. And then I think about like breadwinner yeah. and, you know, you there's it. like all these cool band, and I, I just I don't know, but I imagine it's a town that people kind of checked it all out, you know, because it was small enough and maybe like distant enough from BC and you know other big cities that it's kind of like its own little bubble. Is that accurate? Yeah. Do you? I think Paige, you should as a as almost as a as someone who didn't grow up here. What do you think about that? I uh, I think it, it's it's just that right size of town where you could you could have people that are in punk bands that are you know kind of known and also that guy is also in a, a folk band that can attract a bunch of people mm. and james kind of has that going he can play a fun size <laughs> show at a sweaty club and then do a long arms acoustic set like two weeks later and with a whole different set of musicians and different people there and and everyone knows each other and uh you can totally it's 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 just like i, I would say it was 
back in the day when you had like, you know, a ska band opening up for a deathcore band because that's the, all those kids were in the same scene, right? Or a hardcore band mm-hmm. and a pop punk band because that's just what it was. The community it's kind of that way now, just not limited to those styles. You know, you could have like, you know, some guy in a in a, in a more, for, for, more folkier band or a, acoustic solo project also plays in a punk band, and you know, people will go see each other. and And Richmond, where all the shows happen, is a really small actual footprint of maybe two miles where all the venues are um and that doesn't that doesn't count all the breweries and restaurants and in the suburbs that have bands seven days a week almost you know so it's a cool town to be from because it's uh there's a lot of good talent here and it honestly won't take you that much to get noticed if you're if you get out there you know it's not hard if you're if you're decent at what you do and you'll be noticed instantly so um it's kind of like i guess it's a little bit of that uh big fish small pond kind of thing um yeah. but uh not you know I, I think i'd be i'd hate to be from like la or new york where like nobody gives a fuck about anybody you know <laughs> uh it, which i mean i guess some people like that too you're anonymous no matter what you do but james who's that there's somebody behind you but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was a, it was a uh, masked intruder <laughs> but yeah richmond's always i mean i've been living here for almost 20 years now you know, and all those things James had said about about uh, the uh, all these bands he talked about, I had to learn that stuff secondhand or after the fact. The history of of Richmond, and I ended up meeting a lot of those people uh, later via recording or bands I was in, and it just became crazy. Like, you know, when I was a teenager in Nova, I would go see you know Avail when they came, or or Amberetta and Fun Size and River City High, and then. I got to be in all those bands, <laughs> except for Which a veil awesome. at some point, you yeah. know, like it was crazy. I remember James asking me to be in fun size. So was like, wow, this is like, you know, I was a little fanboy when I was a teenager. And then right after that, <laughs> I, I, or right before, I think before, right around the same time I started playing with Rob and, and Amberetta, which I thought was, was crazy too. You know, like, um, it was, uh, and then, you know, I had, uh, I've never worked with Tim Berry directly, but I did have him in the studio a few years ago. He was producing, uh someone some his neighbors like little project she was a little kid um and even that just oh, having, cool. him in, having him in my studio was cool like i would have yeah. crapped my pants if i was you know in the 90s thinking that would happen one day you know right so, right um yeah i feel very fortunate to have come here and and i do feel like uh i, I will always feel a little bit like an outsider because everyone i know grew up here in the scene um yep. and have all these like stories of how they saw Inquisition in 92 or whatever. And I'm like, I don't, I don't even know who they were until like 99, you know? Right. <laughs> like, so like, right. and they're already broken up at that point. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think I've seen Strike Anywhere a handful of times before uh, I learned about Inquisition. So uh, I have a little bit of that, uh, uh, you know, poser uh, uh, complex, but <laughs> even at 41 years well, old. <laughs> just because you weren't from there, it's not like... Right, I just, you know... It's uh, but uh, but it's you know, it's uh, it's a cool town to be from. Obviously, I'm not going anywhere. I, I've thought about it, but it's just Richmond's such an, aff- uh, well, maybe not anymore, but such an affordable town to live in. Uh, I'm glad I bought my houses uh over ten years ago because I don't think I could be able to do that again if I had to do that now. Uh, not with the income I had back then, at least. But you know, being able to start a little studio and uh have a house and you know and bartend and play music is like unheard of in big cities you know or owning owning a business you can own a business in richmond um 
when me and when me and James were working with Billy, um, she's from Vancouver. Uh, she would always you know come into the studio and be like, uh, "People here own things." <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a really yeah. good point. Yeah, people here own like a co- like you can Joe Schmo can own a coffee shop or a record store or whatever like random weird boutique things in Richmond. You can do that. That's wild. Mm-hmm. You can't do that in New York. You can't do that in LA. You have to have some big uh, six figure investment and partners and all that stuff. You know. Yeah. So. It's one of the reasons I've been able to maintain a, yeah, it's one of the reasons I've been able to maintain a recording studio and not worry about like, you know, is this ever going to go under or anything like that? Like I know, like I can, I can build it in my backyard and, and no one's going to call the cops and no one cares, you know, I'm in the right, the right areas. It's safe, you know, at the same time. So, um, there's lots of things about Richmond that I think make it unique that, um, you know, make me want to. I would not mind spending the rest of my life here. I don't, you know, as the way it is now, I, I, I do like this town a lot. I love it. And it sounds like it's awesome. You brought up the studio. I mean, it sounds like it's awesome for that with the amount of music and, and creative people that are, that are around and, you know, that history of music happening for so long, it seems like a great place to have a studio just in terms of like having clients and having bands come in and, and people to record. Like, are you finding that things I mean, obviously, maybe with a slowdown with COVID, but mm-hmm. like prior yeah. to that, like, are you finding like, have you been pretty busy? Like, has the studio been um, pretty busy? I yeah, I've actually starting, you know, the first few months of COVID, I was like, I'm not recording anybody, um, and I do have a like you know, a full time job, um, but we get to work from home, so it's like, um, it's been kind of nice, <laughs> uh, just like knowing that on the weekends I have absolutely nothing to do but just like you know, put on my Speedo and drink in the pool. Uh, <laughs> that you, you might have seen those pictures online. I think I've well, seen those does. pictures. Yeah. I can attest to the fact yeah. that that's a real thing that happens. Yeah. 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 But, I think uh, I've seen those pictures. Yeah, but coming around now to the fall, I, you know, um, as things start to improve in Virginia and uh, not just improve, but learning more about the virus, um, I, I started to uh, bring clients back in. And actually last, um, these past two weekends, I've had two different bands that um, – you know, people I don't really hang around regularly that, um, you know, but we, you know, I have two separate rooms and, you know, everyone wears masks when they're, they're in the room together and, yeah. you know, just don't like breathe in my face, you know, and we'll be right. fine. So I actually <laughs> right. have a lot of work coming up, um, this fall and, um, moving, actually moved to Richmond, uh, to work in a recording studio. That was, I needed to have a, a reason to move down here than besides just the fact that I was too old to live with my parents at that point. I was, uh, <laughs> I was, I was 21 and my, I'm the fourth out of five kids. So my siblings, even my younger sibling had already moved out like for college and stuff. And my mom just so like downgraded to a little condo and it's like, you know, I can't like have anybody over or anything. So I was like, I'm just trying to go, it's time for me to go be independent. And all my friends had already moved to Richmond and started being in bands and stuff like that. And I already knew James and all those people. And, um, it was, it was a very, very natural progression to come down here. And, uh, and, and I, I started interning at Sound of Music where Fun Size had recorded and University High had recorded, um, thanks to some connections, um, with those bands and some friends that had been working there. And I just I was interning there, and then I just started bringing in my own gigs and recording on, you know, recording on two-inch tape and radar and that kind of stuff. And that's how I got my start and kind of learned everything for the most part that I knew about running a professional recording studio. Um, 
And then actually that my career with Sound of Music essentially took a pause when I joined James in River City High because um, I was like, playing music sounds cool too. Let's do that. Yeah. So right. we were pretty much in a van for March to December of that that year, 2004. And when I came back, um, we had just done that MTV thing and we like won it and we got some money from that so i took that what was that wait let's let's rewind a little bit yeah you just just yada 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 that whole mtv thing um tell us that yeah i guess james can probably tell a better story but i i I think it all started because weren't we sponsored by like mountain dew's energy brand what was it called yeah we were sponsored by amp energy amp yeah okay and they had like the the yearly battle of the bands on mtv2 and we were like an alternate and somebody dropped out. And so we got in and it was like, you know, uh, you get in, it's, uh, they, they, this producer came down to Richmond and filmed us playing at, at Alley Cats. And then, um, we were lumped in with some other bands and, and two of those bands were like signed bands. Uh, it it was Hawthorne Heights. They were on victory. (laughs) It was supposed to be like, like unsigned bands, even though like technically, I think were were you on Doghouse? At the time, we, yeah, okay. more or less. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, what was that band? Don't look down or something. They were on Nitro. Remember James? Those guys. Um, I do, I do, but they, I don't think that they were. They were. On, they we were. They we were quote unquote up against them on that episode. Oh, okay. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah. so we ended up winning our round with online voting, and then we might have won another round. And then the, the last round was you play live on MTV, like in the Times Square studios, like it looks like TRL. And oh wow. And the yellow card played it with us, and uh, Mock Orange, which was awesome. And then That's I think awesome. the Kite Eating Tree was the band, the third band from mm-hmm. LA. And uh, it was just a good time going up there and doing that. It was fun. It was like they flew yeah. us up there and hotels and everything. And like, like Kurt Loder walks by, like, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that was well, insane. Sitting in the next room while they're filming MTV News, like, it's wild, wild. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and like, even um, if you wouldn't have won, that sounds yeah. like it was awesome. Yeah. And, um, like, you know, when they do like the behind the scene, like when they used to be like behind the scenes of the VMAs or something and the producer would talk and you got to know who those people were from watching them. Like he was hanging around and doing his thing with us. And so it was really wild. But anyways, we, we ended up winning the online voting for that. And, um, and the reason why I'm telling the story is because we got a payout and we split it. And with that money, um, I was able to buy like a computer and pro tools and, uh some microphones you know like and and not long after that um uh i bought my first little dinky house in Southside richmond and built my studio out of out of a detached garage and like the most budget ass shit you could think of was my old (laughs) studio the first version of it like i just bought this shed i spent i think 700 dollars on materials to build the studio itself um with some friends and like the first time it rained, it water just poured in the door because it's like it just—it's <laughs> oh, a shed where you like work on your lawnmower, not where you have a right. studio. And right, like, not where you oh have thousands of dollars in recording equipment. Right. Yeah, and it, it took a few more thousand dollars over a few years to actually make it nice and all that. Oh, not, my, nice isn't way overstatement, but make it look like somewhere bands should be recording at. Right. <laughs> so right. I did that for a while, and there was a period there where I, where I was able to do it. Um, uh, full time with you know without uh, without having to take another job and that was those were great years and then you know as you have a kid then you have another kid and then you're like all right maybe I'll try doing this for a living part time and then record and then 
sort of escalates from there. But it wasn't, uh, let's see, that was 2006 when I opened that studio. Um, we moved to the other side of town where I'm at now in 2013. Um, and that was with like the plan and the budget to build like a real studio and, you know, the financing and stuff. So mm-hmm. um, that's where we are now. That's where I'm sitting in right now. <laughs> yeah, and, it's uh, nice. It's nice. So how, I mean, I think that segues into, you know, like, so how, what's your, what's your guys' recollection of how we ended up coming down there to work with you guys on everything? You, you wrote me and asked me if I knew a place that would be a good spot to do um, vocals. And I immediately thought of Pedro's place because it's the perfect size for that kind of thing. Um, and uh, and I I screen capped it and sent it over to Pedro because I wasn't even I wasn't even sure if um, for some reason I felt like Pedro wasn't even doing wasn't even necessarily either free or doing something about it made me feel like it wasn't going to happen and um, but he seemed he seemed like it's, it's he seemed cool with it and um, and in the in the back of my mind I was stoked because. Um, I was like, well, I'll at least finally actually get to meet Dave. <laughs> like, cause I've never, I've always wanted to meet him. I've never had the chance to, you know, I mean, I've met him a couple of times, but, um, I, I was excited about actually like getting to like talk to him for longer than like five seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because that, the, the issue was, you know, we recorded first, how many, 15, 16 songs, Tony. I don't know. Something like that. At Think Loud. But anyway, it was in, in Pennsylvania and Dave, Dave's, it's like four hours maybe for him to drive, yeah. maybe three hours yeah. for him to drive up to us. And it was just going to be a lot. So he was like, can you fi- just find me a studio somewhere in, yeah. in Virginia? And Richmond's, what, an hour away or so. So it was perfect. And like, not just a studio, but like a really good producer who gets his music and could pull, you know, a really strong vocal performance out of him too. So it was Yeah, it's crazy. In perfect. retrospect, I can't believe how well it works. Um, I'm, I'm shy. I'm like, when I think about it, I'm like, wow, that was completely perfect. Um, yeah. but, uh, but it's, it's funny when, um, yeah, when, when Tony asked me about it, like I, I was almost even like, eh, this might not really be the, the best, best thing. I guess, I guess I'm always really nervous about, um, about like selling a plan to somebody and have them think I'm just totally out of my mind. I, like in my head, I was like, oh, this is, you know, and I was like, Dave's close by. Pedro's, Pedro's great. Pedro's got a studio in his backyard. Yeah. I can meet Dave. Yeah. These are all great things. But I was like, I was like, I'm started bad. with, it started with, I can meet Dave. Yeah, right. <laughs> cool. And then I just like, but I'm, you know, like I, I always seem to, I always seem to think that my enthusiasm for something is difficult to impart on other people. And they'll just like, well, I'm saying this whole thing. They'll just be like, this is not going to work for us. Um, and it worked very, very, very well. <laughs> no, it was like perfect. Yeah. It worked perfect. Cause I mean, yeah. you know, like, yeah, it was vocals. So we didn't need some, we didn't need another thing think loud yeah you know what yeah. i mean like I, I guess i guess i know the deal at this point now like mm-hmm. what what a band would need to be having done so many records at this point like you I'm, don't need like, a drumbrella to record vocals right yeah <laughs> right yeah. yeah yeah i was like this will be perfect i yeah. think i mean yeah. and i think it and it was and i think you know a lot of it really boiled down to like yeah working with the right person because it needed to be someone who got a what we were going for but b like could get 
good takes and offer good suggestions. And I, Pedro, I think that's like what you did totally. I mean, I think it was great. And I think you guys yeah. added a lot. So, I mean, so from there, you know, we came down, we recorded, things worked out great. And then, you know, at some point we were like, yeah, just maybe throw some backing vocals on it. So, well, actually, that's, a, that's Tony, you're even being a little less cavalier than what actually happened, which was, which was, I asked Pedro if he thought it would be crazy if we just did things to the songs once you left. <laughs> <laughs> and Pedro was kind of like, he was like, he was like, sure, I, I like, we could, we could probably do, do, spend some time on this. And I was, and I just basically told you that we were just going to do it. And if you, again, the whole same idea was like, you might hate this, but I'm so psyched about this that we're right. just going to like do this and it can't, it can't hurt. You're just going to get all these things and you can like figure out what you guys want to do with it. But I was like, the only thing, so I was thinking like, you know, in, in 1992, I got, a, I, I dubbed a copy of Already Says from Alan. I went to plan nine and I bought Dag Nasty, uh, four on the floor and the first Down By Law record at the same day. And within a period, like in a month period of time, I had like three new Dave Smalley things to me. Well, two were actually just released and one I just heard. And I was like, I was like, I thought Dave Smalley was like, he was in every band. In my mind. <laughs> he was. <laughs> I, thought, yeah. in my mind, I was like, and I was like, and I, I hadn't even band. heard Can I Say Yet. And I was like, I think Dave Smalley, wow. I was like, Dave Smalley is in every band ever. And I was <laughs> So like, so, so all like I I I was like so he was always venerated, you know, in my mind. And then, and then I have this great story that I probably have told you before, where I was in my room at home and I was listening to, um, to the to the, I was listening to um, uh, the the other the the later Dave Dagnasty record, um, majority of minority of one. Well, Minority of one, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I was thinking rule. Sorry, minority of one. And and my dad walked into the room and he was like, When did you guys do this? Because he thought it was me singing on on he thought it was like a River City High song or something I was mm -hmm. singing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I was like, man, to the untrained ear, I probably have a lot of Dave Smalley in my voice. Oh, you know, wow. to me, I'm like, I don't think that I sound like Dave at all. But yeah, to like somebody like my dad. He just heard Dave down the hall and thought it was me singing. Mm -hmm. So I was like, it was, and it was probably the best compliment I've ever gotten in my life. <laughs> yeah. It was, I was, I was like, when my dad walked in, I was like, this is not me. This is Dave Smalley, dad. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, right. So it was like, it was so cool. So I was thinking all of this when I basically was like, hey, Tony, Pedro and I are just going to do some stuff. And I, and, and we'll see what, how it comes out. And then, so I, so I drove around cause it's, it's kind of like my, one of my favorite, I'm discovering it's one of my favorite ways to kind of like to, to, to come up with ideas. I just put the, this, I burn a CD and I drove around in my car for like, like three hours one day. And I had a notepad in my lap and I was just, I would just sing along to every harmony I could think of. And I would just write down in my lap, like uh, I would look at the the digital readout of the CD and be like uh, harmony at 107 high or low and harmony and I was like because I figured out because I knew that once I heard it again later on I would I would know eventually like I would, all I needed to know was to go high or low right and so I had these like so I scribbled all these notes out 
Um, and I had some voice notes going with my phone. So I was like, I basically like just did like three or four hours of this one day driving around um, because I knew that um, I knew that I didn't want to waste too much of Pedro's time because um, <laughs> they were all new songs right, to me. Right. Um, and I knew that Pedro would, you know, he wouldn't want to spend like a week on it. So, so I had this list of things and we, we, we went in and we did like all, like we did them all. And uh, I think we did, I did like six, I worked all night the night before. And then we did like, we did six tracks one morning. And then the next, I feel like the next day I came back and we did like the other six. Does that sound about right, Pedro? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, I remember yeah, okay. it wasn't very painful at all to to do or come up with these harmonies. Um, and I, I, I also Pedro didn't know like, that you had driven around for four much hours. In pain. <laughs> I had no idea you had driven around for four hours <laughs> the day before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. I have to come. I have to come prepared for the most part. I can't. I can't. I mean, a lot of the stuff. Um, um, the thing. Uh, um one of the things I came up with on the fly that I'm like super, super proud of, um, is it prisoners? What mm-hmm. do I sing? The someday. What is that? Yeah. Uh, that, that's, uh, abandoned us. Y- yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I came, I did that. I came up with we, that. On we the had fly. the working titles, which were not going to be the title. So I could not tell right. you what that song <laughs> exactly. was called at all. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> I came up with this whole counter melody on the spot. I was so proud of it. It was so exciting. Yeah, there's one part in that um, song where, you're, where you guys sing like, whoa, whoa. And it reminds me of the Florida State, like, shop. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first time I heard it, I was like, yeah. oh, shit. And, like, uh, Is it on the song you guys did a video for? There were some woes in there that mm. I thought were cool. No, I, I think know. it was for an Abandon Us. Well, okay. well we did woes and... Um, and refine me. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. But yeah. I, I just remember hearing that being like, wow, that sounds like the Florida State like chant. But you know, the, right. the funny thing is, <laughs> Tony told us you guys were going to work on some, you know, and I was psyched. We were all psyched because you guys are great singers and great musicians. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is, I can't wait to hear what they came up with. But I, I in my mind was thinking like one or two songs you guys were going to work on. And I think, Tony, you sent us. Like you, you, you just sent, you just put it in a Dropbox or something so we could all, and I was like, okay, yeah, that's cool what, what they did in this first song. And then I was like, oh, wait, they did some on the second song too. Oh, the third. And then after a while, I realized there were harmonies on every single song. And they <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. We figured, I mean, I, I, if there's one strength I have in, in the studio world is writing harmonies. Ask anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, and so I was like, let's just do a bunch. And I had I had literally recorded every word and doubled up until that point. So I already had yeah. ideas in my mind. I I can do the songs. Yeah. I can yeah. come up with something on the spot usually as I'm hearing it. Yeah. And so I was like, let's just do them all. And then you guys pick and choose what you want. And or or yeah. maybe you maybe we inspire an idea for you guys and you guys redo it when you go you know to record again or something you know. So um, nice. Yeah, we that the- was really cool and that was really fun and. Uh, you know, Dave was like a real laid back guy to to work with, and I hadn't I didn't know anything about Dave uh, besides the, the bands he'd been in and all that, and but his personality and stuff I didn't know. And he was super chill, man. He's just like any other dude. And uh, um, you never know what you're gonna get with like old punk dudes. You know, <laughs> you might get chilled, yeah. chill, chill dudes like him, or you might get like super weird rock star vibe. Like, where's my tea? You know, right. kind of people. <laughs> right. Uh, right. Dave's rolling in with a fucking coke and some Hardee's, like just yeah. chilling. 
the thing the thing that's cool too about that i i appreciate about working with him it's like he's he is chill and he also is good so like yeah it does it's absolutely. not like 35 takes it's like three yeah. takes and you pretty much have everything you're gonna need in those yeah. three takes and, and like he maybe doesn't... you punch one thing he doesn't uh like yeah exactly he's very he's not gonna sit here and uh i learned that quick he was you know he's like yeah a couple takes fix stuff knock it out and that's it like doesn't need to be some crazy awesome idea that we have to work on all day you know like Mm -hmm. just it's hardcore you know Mm -hmm. um and it's cool he didn't have any um sort of uh you know there was no like and and you get this when you have like veteran musicians and singers and people that are have notoriety and so you get these weird personality things or things they want or whatever and he there was none of that at all um super cool laid back we were knocking songs out maybe an hour a couple hours per song and yeah um that you know it was great i would definitely work with him again <laughs> anytime <laughs> See now the that I did you guys, I, I was I was hoping to sell this. I was like, you know what? I know they're just doing vocals, but I'm gonna sell the studio so he comes back for other projects. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah! Every every the session's an audition Pedro's... for another session, right? Oh yes. Um, when Pedro soloed the first time, he soloed um, me putting a harmony on top of Dave's voice. I fucking lost my shit. <laughs> like, I could not believe how cool it sounded. I was so excited. It was like. I was like, this is the best shit ever. Yeah. It's like, it, it would be like, it was, it was like, you know, be, it, it was, it was like be, if you were a kid and you sing in a karaoke machine and you sing on top of like your favorite band, mm-hmm. I was like, this is a real fucking thing. Like I'm actually singing mm-hmm. harmony on top of this dude's voice. So exciting. It was the best shit ever. That's awesome. Remember yeah. we were, uh, we were, uh, that weekend, Brian Owen was on vacation and we were fucking with him. Like, Hey, look what yeah. we just did. Like, like, you're trying <laughs> yeah, to- totally. I, I almost felt trying to make him jealous. Him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I, I, I know I he's a, bad. I he's probably. I don't. I don't know the fandom level between you, James, and Brian, but I know it competes, and uh, it matches. Yeah. yeah, yeah. James almost didn't want to tell him. <laughs> I did not want to tell him. I was. I thought. I thought that he like. I didn't want to make him mad that he didn't get a get a chance to do it. <laughs> so Brian, for those who don't know, Brian's the other guitarist. In fun yeah. size, yeah. and yeah. has a great voice. Brian's got such a rad voice. Yeah, he would have um, been great for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah he would have been. Sorry, sorry, Brian. <laughs> Next but album. You know, yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, exactly. Next album. So, yeah. um, but I also, it's really important. I really want to point out the fact that the songs that didn't make the record, um, there were there are a few songs that are that I think are fucking awesome that didn't make the record like really 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 good songs thank you there's yeah 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 i mean there's like i mean i don't i they're just it's really important to point out to whomever may hear this that there's like a <laughs> number of, de- of don't sleep songs that are great that um that i was like when i was listening to the record finally a couple weeks ago i was like i mean it's just like december was awesome it was like december such a good song i was oh, so thank like, you I'm, thank you yeah it's, it's so good um you know but i was like you know i was like they, they didn't put the I'm dug in a whole song. They put a Zimmer on, um, but it's but it's awesome. So there are good a lot of other songs you guys have from this experience. You need to you need to release those eventually. They're so good. Yeah, and thank, thank you. you, thank you. That that's definitely the plan. I think we're just you know especially like with this lack of being able to really play or tour or things like one of sort of our plans to like 
quote unquote, like get us through this period, you know, and keep the band sort of relevant is to just like keep having some releases coming out. And we had yeah this whole, the whole recording process for this album was like, I think we ended up with like 23 songs total. Yeah. So, that's perfect. so I think we're going to just like have like an EP come out or maybe do a split or, you know, just Dude. having some more stuff coming out as we're to turn the tide one and two use yeah. your loser one and two come on buddy yeah. i'm not, Believe me. I'm not Believe gonna me. say there was, there was some talk about doing it i yeah. mean this is no joke there was a lot of talk about doing it as a double album and there well, was a I lot of ballsy cool. i yeah. mean yeah but then I, in the end cooler i was heads like prevailed cooler heads yeah prevailed. in the end i was like i have bought double albums that i won't even listen to like i won't yeah. even start to listen to it because it's just too much I'm, like i'm yeah, it's not, right yeah. so but, i'm, but I'm there, all for the one and two version though Thank you. Yeah, we, we, it was hard. Like not some of those songs. It was hard for us that they didn't make it, but you know we had to sort of slim it down. But yeah, that's that's super hard to pick. Mm-hmm. And just to be honest, like like some of those, I can't like. I'm sure you were. That was there were some hard choices you guys had to make. Some of them were great. Thank like, you. Really, really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, that was actually. I mean, it was. It was like Sophie's choice in all these songs. Like it was. It was tough because you know there's so yeah. many. And there's so many opinions in the mix too, and and that gets real hard. Yeah, and it's not to deal with that in 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 a few lifetimes I've had. Right, (laughs) right. So much. So it's kind of like you know, and no one, and it's not that anyone's opinion isn't valid because I mean, I mean, I'm I'm really happy with everything that ended up on it. But yeah, I agree with you. There are some, there's some good, there's some good stuff that's waiting in the wind still. So that's the cool the thing though about having great. all those songs is 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 you have another release in your back pocket ready to go. Right. Yeah. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, Especially like and with us. It's not bad to save a few really, really good songs because people are gonna hear this and be like, all right, what's next? Yeah, right. Exactly. And you're like, well, check this How about out. This? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So in my opinion, you guys only need to like you could write two more songs and have like a killer next record already. Thank you. Good position to be in. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Too. Yeah, especially with us not like... If we happen to do those songs in Richmond, that could be okay too, right? (laughs) Yeah, That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) It was funny too, because I remember when we were doing those songs with Brian and Walter, James texting me and being like, yo, I need updates. What's going on? Like, send me updates. I need it. So I was was definitely blowing you up. Um, Yeah, because we had just, we had just played our shows. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that stuff was like fresh on my mind. So I was like, yeah, I needed to, I definitely needed to hear like how it was going to go. I mean, I, that, that also sounded like, you know, uh, it, 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 like the way I felt about getting a chance to like, to use, this is not the correct terminology, but to use Pedro studio to get a chance to sing with Dave is presumably <laughs> how, how you could feel about using Dave to get to like have, write a song with Walter. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. how awesome is that experience? Like, that's just so fun. You get to, you know, and, 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 and Brian as well, you know, like, just like you get to, you got to be in the, in the room with giants, mm-hmm. you know, all around you. That's super fun. Titans. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah it's pretty yeah. crazy. Just to like, I was sort of in a, haze for a lot of that just being like uh, you know here's dave smalley brian mcturnan and walter schreifel's like yeah that's insane and i'm just listening to them all like talk about and dissect the songs we're working on that's like yeah that's that's like what my a good mind feeling. Was <laughs> yeah. i hope i hope garrett wore his best shoes for that experience <laughs> it would be 
<laughs> I would be very upset. It should be noted that uh, Salad Days was my first studio internship after recording school. In the mm-hmm. in you know the the late two thousand, it was my I had I had to complete forty hours of internship to graduate, and they were and, there. And yeah, it was like, well, it's like it's 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 a you know a vocational school, so you could like run your friend's merch table and get hours because you know, okay. like, it's it's, it's, yeah. it's okay. music industry, you know. And <laughs> that was uh, that was the old the old salad days, right? Yeah, well, it was the it was like uh, the second salad days out of I think four now, but because nice. uh, he started at his house in D.C. I don't know yeah, if I, I know I, he did stuff in Boston, but I don't know if that was Salad Days. Uh, this was his Beltsville, Maryland one. His Beltsville okay. one. Ah, uh, right. Um, before he went to Baltimore, um, okay. and Beltsville is not far from Baltimore, but uh, that's where I did my internship. And like you know, he was building it. He was building it in his backyard. So like that version of Salad Days was the template of how I was ever going to own a studio. <laughs> right. Oh wow. You know, nice. here's my house. It has a shed. Cool. That's the studio. Right. Where the band's gonna sleep, right there, you know, like, right. And right. so, uh, uh, it was. I mean, it was literally like painting and cleaning up, like you know, like nails and stuff off the floor and painting it and stuff. And and I was, I was, I was there from that point right until like the first bands. Like he plugged all the stuff in, and like the first bands came in. Uh, okay. I think the first band I worked with there was Brothers Keeper. Remember those guys? Yeah. Um, hardcore band. I think we're on yeah, Trust the Hill, players, I think at the time. Yeah, bass players from. From Harrisburg, actually. Okay, cool. From yeah, Keeper, they were really yeah. cool guys. Uh, and then Fairweather, it was a lot of Equal Vision stuff too. Um, and then uh, it wasn't long after that uh, before it was like, yeah, you're not really needed. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I just want, I just want to hang out, <laughs> like you know. But uh, those those short few months was like I learned so much just from watching Brian work and uh, his ethic, you know, and yeah, his uh, his the way he talks to bands and the way he. You know, little things like that. Like he wasn't letting me push buttons or anything, but like that's 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 all that stuff subjective. It's the way you approach bands and these songs, and you know, a lot of these bands, they're the, that's probably the biggest record they'll make, you know, in oh, their yeah. lives. Yeah. So it's like it's it's cool to uh, it was cool to see that part of it. Like I think whenever I interned or assisted anywhere, I was more focused on the the dialogue than the gear and stuff because that's all, that's all stuff you can learn you know like mm-hmm. or, or try on your own it's art you know it's not, there are no rules so and actually i ended up buying the same mics he used on drums because uh, i was like well, those sounded good i'm gonna do what yeah, Brian did. he knows what he's doing right yeah and you know Brian was very simple like when he came to that stuff very simple like uh you know 57 Sennheiser's on the, on the toms a couple room mics you know, he, he back then he did everything to tape, no gating. Well, he always said he didn't gate anything. So I was like, that's so cool. <laughs> it sounds so good. How do you do that? Mm-hmm. You're lying. You're doing some shit you're not telling me about. <laughs> but he, um, I the first show, that first Inquisition show that I went to in December of '92, Brian's band Ashes also played oh, that night. Oh, very cool. Yeah, yeah. And I, and battery, I, right? Yeah. And I bought the tape. And I still have it. Nice. nice. And nice. I still like. I like it very, very much. I, I like. I, you know, it's like you know, you go. You, you, you. I thought it was amazing. Um. So I would also, you know, being in the room with Brian, he would be very annoyed with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I learned about him uh, with battery. Not talk about it. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah. Right. I was battery, battery before very and well. after Ashes, or was it after Ashes? I think it was after. Okay. I think it was. Gotcha. Yeah. I think it was both. I think battery. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think there were some pauses in battery, but I think yeah. I think battery was first. 
Yeah. Because I think he was like 12 or 13, right? That's right. Yeah. Brian's a really good uh, producer because he is he is very opinionated and has a vision and isn't um and i mean he has like the band's best interest best interest in mind always but he um you know he's very clear-headed about the direction that the song and the music should go in and he'll express it to you with confidence like he's not mushy mouth he's not like yeah maybe you guys should maybe get give some like he knows and he'll tell you and it's but you believe him, and I mean, God, his track record is unbelievable. It proves so he's like, right, dude. He did. Yeah. He did that. Takes Texas the Reason record. And he right. did Cave in Jupiter, which is like, yeah, just the craziest thing. Right. I mean, it's so good, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, he did yeah. Like I mean, record, so like whatever. whatever I don't think that you could be. You would have to be a dude with a with a solid opinion to to make those records. I think. Yeah. You know, you could. Yeah. There's a good direction on all of those things. Being in the studio with somebody who is super opinionated is awesome. Because yeah. you can just sit and him and haw about a like forever. You could like talk about, and if there's just somebody in the room who's like, "That sucks, let's do this." Yeah, You're like thank God somebody made up their mind. Right, we could still be talking about it to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but um, I, I I appreciate that. Um, I, I being in the studio with somebody like that. You need someone to be, who's willing to be the bad guy or the bad girl or whatever too, and just be yeah. like, and just. Yeah, exactly. Say, actually, I think that takes up to do it all over again. And it's hard, yeah. like, as bandmates to do that. So, but if you have yep. like a third party, it definitely like, makes it easier when, uh, you know, if I have a band in here and they have a member who's like not agreeing with anybody or not really, you know, going in the direction that everybody seems to be on board with, like, mm-hmm. that's when I jump in and be like, we're not doing that, you know, or <laughs> yeah, I don't right. think we should do that. Like, that right. sucks. No, like, moving on. Right. Yeah. So, right. And that's the thing. If you trust the person, then it, it's fine because you know right. that they know what they're doing and you know that if they're saying that it is a good outside opinion and you need to check yourself because what they're saying comes from experience and comes from good decision making. And you've heard them make those good decisions previously. Like you were just talking about those other records, James, like that's when you know that Brian or you Pedro, like you, you listen to that stuff and you trust them, you know that anything they're saying is in your best interest and they care about not only your band, but the ultimate product. So, you know, like what they're saying, isn't going to screw you. Like it's for the greater good, basically. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So uh, James, you have a project with Bill Stevenson now, a band with Bill Stevenson. Is that right? Yeah. 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 We, I, I got to be on a, on a record with him as well. <laughs> nice. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, what, that, tell us, what's, what's that band? Right. So that band's called Higley. Um, and, um, it was, it was mostly this, this guy, Kevin, who played guitar in the band G Wiz, um, from Arizona and mm-hmm. they, uh, they were around, you know, early, early nineties. Uh, uh, Kevin and Bill are, are, are pretty good friends. And, um, Kevin had kind of recorded a few tracks with Bill and they needed a singer to kind of, uh, to, to kind of fill out some songs and um he sent me two and i told him i would i would demo the two songs um one was called that's not me and one was called four bit man and um i just i i i I just sang on them and sent it back to kevin and you know that was just like you know tell me what you think and if you like it you know i'd love to sing on more and you know to my surprise that he was like this sounds great 
And I was like, that's awesome. So now that you're in, let's do a whole record. That's <laughs> awesome. Because <laughs> they, wow. they were like, I was like, I'm not going to let this fucking opportunity like to record with Bill just not like to, I'm not, there's not going to be four songs. Right. I was like, we're fucking doing a whole fucking record. <laughs> um, but there's also, it wasn't only with Bill, it was also with Bob Hoag. And, and, and Bob is, he played drums in a band called Pollen. Oh yeah. And I, I love fucking yeah. love Pollen. Pollen's so, great. Bob, so, so, and I, I knew Bob, um, from, from before, um, playing some shows at River City High and, um, and I have just a huge love for him and he has, he owns a studio. Um, and Bob had played on some of the songs as well. Cause Kevin lives in Phoenix, um, or just outside of Phoenix. Um, so it was, it was this Bob connection, also this Bill Stevenson connection. I was like, this is just going to be so much fun. I've got to be involved with this as much as I can. So as soon as I, I kind of got a green light to do it, I was like, man, I, you know, I, I, Kevin was like, I don't have enough songs. I was like, that's crazy. I've got songs. And then it was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, I, it's weird. I've got these songs here. Let's do them too. You know, I just, so I was like, let's fill this record out with songs. Right. And that's uh, awesome. Yeah, and so so we were able to do I did did some vocals with with Bob, which was which was wonderful, because um, he's like a idiosyncratic nut, also very opinionated, great, and then um, and then we were able to, to 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 finish off the the next round at Blasting Rooms. So we got to record there, um, and that had always been you know obviously a dream yeah. to record it. Yeah, wow. Um, and I highly highly. Uh, endorse that place as like a band friendly environment you know i'm sure um, i've been in some really wonderful studios throughout my time recording and i've never been in a studio where you can just they just you know they let you people are big a lot of the bigger studios i've been to they don't allow you to stay there because of like insurance reasons or basically they just hate bands <laughs> and and i don't blame them <laughs> bands are they can be big assholes um, but at the blast room, they're just like, you know, they left and they're just like, all right, see ya. And you're like, you mean I can stay here? They're like, yeah. And then you're like, but I, and I can play guitar all night long if I want to. Mm. And then you have access to all the gear all night. I mean, you just like, they're just like, they're super That's awesome. helpful. Yeah. It was the coolest experience. I mean, they're just so helpful for us, you know, a studio that, that I've always wanted to be in. I couldn't have asked for like a more supportive staff and just like an environment that is like made and caters to, you know, to bands, M mostly with the punk rock ethos, like just bands that are like not afraid to do the work. Um, I mean, just, just awesome. And um, the new Rise Against record just came out or the new single came out the other day and they did, you know, the whole thing was done there. Sounds great. Wow. Um, it's just like, they're just, they're, they're just wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Side yeah. note, uh, Paulin, Bob Hoag's band, played my house, my living room, when I lived in Arizona, when I was ah, going to recording school. Right. So, no way. All yeah. these things are like six yeah. degrees of separation. Yeah. You can yeah, play really a game so here. After a while, it's terrifying. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> the very first comp that the commercials, our old band, was on the first time we ever released any music was with Paulin mm. was on that comp. Wasn't Paulin originally yeah. from Pollen Pennsylvania? From, from, yeah, from Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then he moved yeah. to Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah. They're um, great. They were so good. Oh, they're so good. Yeah. 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 Peachtree is an incredible record. Yes. Incredible. Yes. Record. And that's the, incredible. The songs that were on that comp, I think we're from, we're from that. Yeah. Our song, that record is, our song on it was terrible, but their songs were, nice. were incredible. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, Fuel that's by, Fuel by Ramen, right? Was there a label? Fuel by Ramen? 
they they did the next that was on a on a on, a, on gra- uh, wind up it was on okay. it was what that was on it was a oh. kind of a subsidiary of a major or kind yeah. of a small major and then they did the next record um wind up uh, was Creed's Chip. label first label exactly wind up mm-hmm. was Creed's label and then the <laughs> next Force record Fire was also uh, on one they put out a record on, on one really yeah. mm-hmm. that's right they did um mm-hmm. but one record was on fuel by yeah and those dudes okay. were also huge pollen fans as well yeah thanks for asking about that garrett could talk about that forever i can say that the feeling i felt with the first time i heard uh, when when bill sent roughs for uh he sent the the raw tracks of him playing drums on a song i wrote i i was like i had to pull over on the side of the road um i couldn't believe how cool it sounded uh, you it's know, similar yeah. to the feeling when i sang in dave's on dave's dave's song it was just like this is like this is unbelievable to me um i wish that i could handle it with a little more um equanimity and not be um as you know bowled over by it but i i just can't deny how like how excited the feeling is you can't i just can't like i can't not admit that it was just a chance <laughs> pretty awesome that. you don't ever want to lose that i think that's important to still have you know yeah. to be an excited yeah. teenager yeah. at you know as a grown-ass totally. man is is awesome that that can happen you know yeah, yeah. i could definitely like lie about it and be like oh, it's cool you know but it's not it's the <laughs> coolest thing ever it is it is it's very cool <laughs> we feel the same way believe me we do and, and then you'll and then you ask dave like you know i mean what what's his equivalent feeling and he's like oh that time that you know i met paul weller when he was sound checking uh, with the gym or whatever right. you know like so yeah everyone has like their person right. you know everybody they, does and, like, and i and i actually around. i love the jam so much and i think but i honestly and I know that some people would be like, you are an idiot, but like, you know, getting to meet Bill and getting to meet Dave, I mean, those dudes would be like, you know, I think that they're, they're my, you know, they're, they could be like my Paul Weller status. It's like, however right. you see, see it, you know, is, is just, is it, it makes it real for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah, love the well, jam. But, yeah, but the jam didn't send your life in a certain trajectory. That that's exactly right. I mean, I didn't hear, yeah, I didn't hear, I mean, I heard the jam uh earlier than 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 most actually in a lot of ways i heard them when i was in 11th grade you know but i heard you know fucking all right for prez when i was in eighth grade right and it made and you I had three that. years to listen to that shit every day before yeah. i finally heard you know the jam and the jam were great but yeah. you know that was like a thousand days of me listening to all right for prez <laughs> 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 so you know awesome. that's awesome it's gonna happen well yeah. good for you and I'm, I'm sure there's some like <laughs> you know kid out there who's like someday maybe i can you know i can play with pedro or play with james and feels the same that way so like poor fucker yeah i, I no, don't know I mean, man like to me that, like he'll be sort of disappointed i was i you know like when we first played with fun size i mean we were in love with fun size like in love like nice. i mean tom and i and and a lot of that like carlisle scene like we were absolutely in love with fun size so even you know just for me like when we started getting to know you guys better and like we were playing shows with river city high like we were just like this is the coolest thing like you know so awesome i definitely can say that i know i know tom can say it too yeah and just to and just to put it we've we've done a lot of talk about in this of course you can't not talk about dave especially to me and don't sleep but like you guys sound great as a band so we're like you know lots of like heaping praise on dave and stuff but i mean like the guitars sound great the bass is like the bass tone was awesome on these songs and the drums i really 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 need to talk about how great the drums are (laughs) drums sound 
great. Thank you. Drums came out awesome. Well, yeah. So I mean, as as a whole, the band sounds great. Thank you. Know, you. Dave is wonderful. We all, you. you know, I talked about that. Dave Thank for a you. year, but but yeah, I mean, you guys sound 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 great too. The guitar sound awesome. All the all the parts are well thought out. Um, it's it's, it's don't, don't sleep is a great is is a great band. Oh, thanks, man. Um, Our only goal was, is for no one to, to like review the record and be like, yeah, Dave's vocals are, are great, but the music is playing as exactly. Much. Well, you run that chance. You yeah, know, like, you definitely do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and and I feel like there have been moments in in Dave's story career where where you know they some things have not lived up to i mean you just you put out you know 21 records or whatever i mean eventually like some aren't going to live up but this does you know this this band is up there with his with his other stuff you know so it's it's really good i was thank you i mean i just i, I didn't know what to expect and you know when i when we heard the songs i was like man these are awesome oh like, thank I, you just yeah thank you yeah, for sure and how cool Very was it that that the don't sleep stuff came out within like weeks of the be well stuff it's almost like this yeah old old hardcore revival <laughs> thing is yeah. happening right now it and is. i think yeah. you guys are i mean the COVID thing definitely sucks but i think the timing of all these bands kind of like finding that sound again mm-hmm. like i feel yeah. like there'd be some massive tour happening right now if there wasn't COVID. like i yeah i agree you know. between like I, have you heard the constant elevation stuff no i'm mm-hmm. not no. that stuff is awesome too I, if you like the be well and you're into what we're doing at all like i would check that stuff out um it's uh sammy sigler the drummer like every rev band it's hit him okay. and the singer for bayside no um no i got that wrong uh, the movie life yeah the movie life. yeah oh Benny? Mi- yeah. yeah i didn't yeah, know he was really, doing that okay that's mm-hmm. cool wait, it's, wait, it's, it's, it's evan from the movie life no it's it's Vinny from the movie the singer from the movie life yeah no it's Vinny. yeah okay great yeah all right yeah, yeah. So yeah, Vinny's great. He's such a good vocalist. He's awesome. So and it's like it's it's really just like fast hardcore and it's cool. Yeah, nice. it's great. Yeah, it's great. It's coming back, man. Yeah, and it's cool. It's really cool. Like yeah, that I, I'm really hoping to have like a be well constant elevation like don't sleep h2o tour or something like that. i think yeah. that would be nice hell yeah that's like a great I idea i saw h2o like late late last year last october or something you know nice yeah they looked, awesome. they looked and sounded great dude hell yeah. yeah well when everyone's vegan that helps you know helps <laughs> <not>. <laughs> right. yeah totally, yeah that's a really don't good drink, point. Yep. yeah it helps and the most it positive helps. attitude exactly. ever exactly yeah yeah, yeah. All that i need to young. be i need some of that yeah <laughs> but yeah I, thank you thank you for saying that i mean that means a lot and you know especially yeah. like i know you're a big dave fan so i mean that's to garrett's point like that's kind of our that's what we're always worried about <laughs> it's like how do we yeah, right. how do so, we how do we live up to yeah, you, to the reputation definitely like up against a lot of people's like you know years and years of, of history mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. i think our like, goal is to deep. like write songs that would and not that we wanted to not sound like other bands that he's in right now but we wanted to write songs that like gave him a platform to sing the type of songs that like we fell in love with dave on so i mean like i get you know using kind of dag nasty as a blueprint i think was kind right. of yeah and but that's the nice thing about doing an album is that if that was the idea that we started with but by the time the album was done it was i think it was a lot more than that you know it gave us a chance to you can't yeah i mean like if you it's funny how we all do we do these things we're like we're like you know in our minds you know they sound exactly like one thing and when someone else hears it they're like this doesn't sound like that at all like like, i don't think don't sleep sounds like any down by law 
any diagnosis, obviously not any all, like it's not because, you know, they're so idiosyncratic who can sound like that. But like, I mean, I, it's like, it's definitely its, its own thing. I mean, it sounds like, kid, you know, kid, people that I grew up with um, combined with Dave's vocals, but not just like, they're not so disparate mm-hmm. like that. I mean, it really sounds like a cohesive, cohesive thing. Um, it's, it's, it really is its own. It, it, it doesn't, it, yeah, it didn't, it didn't, I, when I listened to it, I, I don't even like, you know, like I think prisoners, the guitar, the, the, that like octave thing on the, on the pre-chorus kind of has a Brian Baker vibe. And that's like the right. most like Dave's old band's threads. I can almost hear in any of the songs. Right. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's its own thing for sure. Well, Hey, thanks in part to you guys. And we really want to tell you, you know, thank you for helping us. Pedro, thanks for your patience and working with us as no, absolutely. It was an absolute pleasure and honor to have you guys in here. And you. you guys really you know how I feel about it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have as much to do with how the record came out as anyone. So thank you so much. And hey, let's, you know, hope these the other songs you guys sang on will see the light of day. Yeah. Very soon. And yeah, totally. uh, I can't wait to play, show, play some let's shows. Play together yeah. again. Yeah. Play when, when this yes. see each other. Again. It'll be fun. Yeah. But thank so you guys bummed you guys this. had to drop out of the Norfolk show because that ended up being one of the, like the most awesome, like, I know. awesome small venue uh, ones. I know. That was Sorry. such a good one. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Anyways, Rub we'll talk in. about yeah. that another time. Rub it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's so many. Yeah, but like, yeah, he was like, up. let's do let's do another one. So, you know, yeah. in 2021. Yes. We're all, 2021. We're all going to. It's on. It's going to. 2021 is going to happen and there's going to be like. The the interstates are going to be clogged with vans, <laughs> fucking vans everywhere. Yeah. People are just going, God, gotta play yeah. everywhere. There's going to be yeah. vans everywhere in the street, just like running wild. <laughs> yeah. and people are going to want to get out too and see it. You know, yeah. I'm, I know. And people are going to go to shows. That's the thing. People are going to yeah, people go gonna run, like, like watch, watch one song, and like run down the street to the other show. <laughs> it's going to be chaos. That's what Gainesville I'm Fest still- is, James. Yeah, right. Yeah, every town's gonna be every town's gonna be fest. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. That'll be great. Yeah. That'll be great. We'll have to have three um, a year. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having us. This is this has been great. Yeah, Super thank fun. you for doing this thank too. You. Yeah, we appreciate it. Us. We appreciate yeah, it, guys. All right. Well, Thanks thank you y'all. guys again, and uh, yeah. have a nice evening. We'll be in touch about everything in 2021. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, dude, talking about. Thanks for listening, and check out our new album, Turn the Tide, out now.